You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you from one of my favorite stadiums, the Broadway Podcast Network Studios. You know, a question that I was asked recently was, who on Broadway right now? reminds you most of some of your favorite Yankees as far as going about their craft. Uh, I want to bring up a specific example here. Someone who is not only one of my favorite players as a kid, but remains so to this day. Uh, and mainly because it's it's something that you don't see that much anymore. I think even the most fair-weather baseball fan in the theater community remembers Paul O'Neill. Uh, and not just because he was on Seinfeld. Paul O'Neill always played with an undeniable heart and intensity that spanned 17 major league seasons, nine of which were spent on the stage over at Yankee Stadium. Every at-bat seemed like it was the most important one of his life. There was an intense physicality that was second to none when he played right field, and he would do anything to make the big play in any given moment. He took the losses personally. He always gave it his all stayed true to the performer he was, and it served him pretty well as he went on to play in four All-Star games as a member of the Yankees, win a batting title, and most importantly, he was a key piece on four World Championship Yankee teams. It was a spectacle to see not only that type of energy in the cast, but also the talent and hard work that made him such an All-Star, which my guest today can definitely speak to, which is why I'm pretty pumped to interview her. A Broadway veteran of nearly a decade and a half, she's one of the best triple threats in the game and super fun to watch. Whether it's Greece, nice work if you can get it, Chicago, or of course, a little show called Moulin Rouge playing over at the Al Hirschfeld Theater, I'd batter third in any lineup. If <laughs> That's a really good position to hit, by the way. Okay. <laughs> if you'll please turn your attention to home plate just beyond the marquee, now batting Robin Herter. <laughs> I want to clap for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I my face hurts. I have never had a, an introduction quite like that. Thank you. You're very welcome. There, yeah, there's a level of base um, theatrics and baseball that apply to to Broadway. So I think that this is like the perfect middle ground. That's why you have like those drama masks behind the baseball. I, bat I there. yeah. I uh, wow. Gosh, I'm so flattered. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. So that's like you like the Paul O'Neill parallel. Yes. 
I do. Did I mean, you know him from that scene with Kramer, at least? Uh, I, I have to say, I, I don't think so. I watched a lot of Seinfeld, but not like religiously like a lot of people do. Kramer basically promised the sick kid in the hospital that Paul O'Neill would hit uh, two home runs for him in an episode. <sighs> and so you can imagine what happens with yeah. that. Yeah, and they actually got Paul O'Neill to- Oh my gosh. Now just, I, I if you don't know Paul O'Neill, I just want to like, just give you an idea. Like you've watched baseball before. Of course. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> I, I love a live baseball game. They're my favorite. So just picture this. Ninth inning of a World Series game. This was 1996. The Yankees were playing the Braves. The Yankees hadn't won a World Series since 1978. And so that's like an 18-year drought. That's pretty long for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I know you're a Red Sox fan, well, so I shouldn't yes. talk. You had 86 <laughs> years to wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually watched that game uh, the, when, they, uh, when they won. The, against the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was at Brother Jimmy's. Anyway, keep going. I kept TV off that entire week. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, O'Neal, it's like he's playing basically on one leg. He's got a strained left hand. He was such a physical player. So it's like injuries were inevitable. But like one of the most impressive things about him, until like the end of his career, he never really went on the DL, which was the disabled list, like if you get hurt. Mm-hmm. He's out there playing on one leg. Uh, Yankees need to win this game. It's the series is tied two games apiece, best of seven series, uh, like a 10 pitch at bat from Luis Polonia, who was on the Atlanta Braves hits this line drive shot. That is cl- like, it looks like it's a home run right. off the bat. Paul O'Neill does this. Give up your body. No holds barred play lifts his arm up by the warning track knows he's going to run into the wall. The one of the most dramatic and physical performances I've ever seen on a single play, especially in that moment during the World Series. He makes the play, pounds his fist into the wall. Uh, really, it just it, it, defined all the emotion about Paul O'Neill. That's Paul O'Neill in a nutshell for you. He was like the heart and soul of the Yankees. And I feel like uh, that's something that when you know we see you perform, you really give off that energy that you care. It's almost like when we're watching you out there, it's someone who's seen you for the first time. I think, I, how the hell do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I love it. I have a, a, a deep, deep passion that I thought for a moment, um, right before I got uh, pregnant, I thought that I, I had to check myself and I didn't know if I still wanted to do this. And it's funny how much stronger it's gotten in the past few years, especially being a part of something like Moulin Rouge, which is such a such a marathon. It really is the most athletic show I've ever done. Um, and it's so difficult and so straining, but it makes me want to work harder. And just the 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 ask the, everything about the show um, is so large and so big, and it's such a spectacle, and it like feeds me even more every night to work harder and just to try to like punch it out, hit it and quit it and then go back the next day and do it again. (laughs) (laughs) So it pumps you up. It does. Um, I mean, it's, it's so loud and so big and bright and everything that it really does give me the fuel to like keep going in the audience. I mean, we, we see you out there. I mean, it's, it's, especially with this show, it's so bright that you can see the audience's faces and I can see them looking at me and they're happy. And that's also like a drug to me is like, I'm, I'm not that I'm changing their life, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving them, I'm, I'm helping with the escape from whatever their day has been. You get to go into this theater for two hours and 40 minutes and just escape and enjoy. I mean, it's, it's theater, it's art, it's 
it's such a gift. And the fact that I get to be a part of that and give someone something, a moment, an experience, something that's not tangible, but something that still makes you feel something, that's pretty extraordinary. And not everybody gets to do that with their jobs, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel like you're kind of like doing a rock concert up there, except it's like an extremely physical version of a rock concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially because I've never, um, it's, it's all pop music that we're singing and I'm singing the top, the top harmonies. So I'm, I've, and it's like rocky, soulful, like high pitched, like belting. Um, and I get to put a growl on it. So at the end of the show, I really am screaming like I'm in a rock concert and I still can't believe I have a voice because <laughs> usually the audience is screaming and, and singing along or clapping with us and I'm just yelling. But it is awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul O'Neill's nickname was The Warrior because of like that intensity. Interesting. Yeah. So like. That's what I call myself. Are you serious? I, like, yeah. A warrior beast. <laughs> I, I So I didn't know that and I just came up with the perfect parallel apparently. Yeah, so that's, that's a first around here. I, yeah. It, <laughs> it's, Moulin Rouge, I said it, I think in an Instagram post the other day, it's like, um, it's like a cage match. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm like this, this beast behind a gate and the, sh the way my show is designed is the gates fly open and you are just this warrior beast that just gallops out. You do your show at like a hundred miles an hour and then the gates close and I have like a 40 minute break. And then the beginning of act two gates open and it's like, rah, <laughs> quite literally, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> uh, that's right. Your signature song. Yes. That, that little number. It's, uh, it, it really is an art. Now, let me ask you, like, when you were growing up, first of all, I mentioned earlier, you're a triple threat. You can sing, you can dance, you can act. Actresses and actors are athletes in their own, in their own special way, which mm -hmm. is one thing I've always really admired. Um, did, did you do sports growing up too? I, no, I didn't. I, I saw cats at, in Portland, Maine, um, where I'm from. And I, said to my mom, I, I, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I was done. So she put me in dance class and I was there ever since. I never changed my mind. It's interesting that Cats is the one that made you realize that you wanted to do this. I feel like, how old were you when you went to see it? I was six. I would have been terrified to be quite frank with you of that I, show. Well, I, I, I was... I, I was a little terrified because they were like coming down the aisles and I was like three three rows in and I was a little scared about that. But I was just, it was my first experience of seeing a live musical and I was I was enamored. I the dancing, the uh, every every aspect about it, all the theatrics, all the the ma mainly the dancing, but it just like the the tire that rises and the big moon and the singing the art of singing and dancing it just I I got the bug then and there and I started dance class. So where you grew up at you grew up in Maine correct? Mm -hmm. Take me through the Herder household. Was it very art centric um, <laughs> all the time? Or you kind of like instilled that onto your parents once they realized how passionate you were? About well, this? my 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 brothers were very book smart. They were you know more into they didn't you know my. Oldest brother ran track. Um, my other brother, Derek, was very, like, you know, he's, he's very, very smart. Um, and I just was this spaz that would just run around and dance all over the house. And that was another reason why my mom put me in dance class because she was like, she just, <laughs> she just has all this energy and she won't stop dancing. Just like 
do something with her to make it organized. Like I just organized the movement and I started excelling like really, really fast. And I really, really loved it. And then there was this moment where I wanted to quit. I was like, I want to go play sports with my friends because my girlfriends were either playing soccer or they were playing an instrument or they were, you know, doing something else after school. And I was the only one that went to dance class. And my mom said, nah, finish the year. You're not going to quit. Just finish the year. And that last half of the year, I was introduced to jazz. And that was very sassy. And I really, really liked it. <laughs> I found my calling. How old were you when you made your first trip to Broadway? I uh, I was 11 years old. When I, when I, you mean when I just visited New York and saw a Broadway show? Mm-hmm. I was 11. And that's when I was like, I saw Damn Yankees and I saw B.B. Newworth play Lola. And I said to my mom, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Now, the fact that you're from Maine, which is fairly, not, not far from Fenway Park in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. did that have anything to do with uh, your selection of the show titled Damned Yankees? <laughs> like, because you're a Red Sox fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, no, I had nothing to do. I just I I had listened to the soundtrack. I loved it, and we happened to be staying at the Marriott Marquis, and I and that's where the show was playing. So we just went downstairs and saw the show, and I fell, I fell in love with it. You can put that soundtrack on right now, and I will know every word. Why haven't they done a revival? Exactly. Why don't they do a revival and cast me and Lola? I I, keep, <laughs> I just keep saying that in, in every interview. I'm like, yeah, so do a revival of Damn Yankees and I'll uh, I'll play Lola and make my dream come true. So B.B. Uh, Newworth was like one of the early mm-hmm. uh, people that you saw perform that really inspired you to like take it a step further? It was everything. Yeah. Especially just her whole, I, I love jazz. I love the big brassiness of it. And um I just love singing and dancing and being sassy. And she came up in a chaise lounge with, you know, lingerie on and this gorgeous jazz music. And I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. And I was 11. (laughs) (laughs) Starting young. Bold take at age 11. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, um, once once you realize, if that's your I want to do this moment, uh, how did you put the wheels into motion as far as making it happen? Um, so I at that moment, I knew I, I was a good dancer, but I wanted to be... I knew I needed more training um, ballet-wise because ballet is the root of all dance. It's your it, that's that's where you have to start. And if you don't have the proper technique from ballet training, then you notice a difference, and you're just not. In my mind, you're not going to be as good. So I moved to dance schools, 
started training really hard in ballet um, and and still kept tap and jazz and all that stuff. Then I realized I needed to, you know, sing. I could kind of sing, but I needed to really sing. So I started taking voice lessons when I was 16. And that's when I started, like, tiptoeing into musical theater. And I did my first show at Main St. Music Theater called Grease. <laughs> I was an ensemble member. And, uh, yeah, it was my first musical that I was in. And um, that's that's when I started. And I just kept going, kept going. And eventually, like, ballet kind of faded out. And I just started doing shows and went to college for a hot second at University of New Hampshire. <clears throat> and uh, I, because I just knew I wasn't ready to just move to New York. I had no money. I was still a kid. Um, but my second year, my sophomore year, I, I just knew it in my stomach. I made a mistake. And I said, Mom, can I just go to New York for a week just to audition? I just want to try it. She goes, yeah, go ahead. So I just skipped school for a week, went to New York, auditioned, and I ended up getting a lot of job offers. Like, I, I think it's like classic beginner's luck. And I said, Mom, I, there's all these job offers. Can I take one? She goes, yeah, go. This is what you want. And I did. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just went for it. Did you move to New York straight? At, you, I guess you were still a teenager, technically. You were what? Second mm-hmm. year of college, you would have been 19 Yeah, I was, I was 19. Um, and when I, I left, I, I went to do a cruise ship that toured Europe. So I got to see, you know, the Mediterranean. We went up through um, the Baltic. And it was it was so good at that point in my life because I just, I got to travel. I didn't have anything tying me down. When I came back from the cruise ship, that's when I moved to New York. I was about 20. And then I got a, a tour right after that called Starlight Express. Talk about being an athlete, <laughs> put roller skates on your feet, and then sing and dance. <laughs> it's like, it was the craziest show. We actually trained um, for three months. There was no choreography, nothing. We trained in Biloxi, Mississippi at a really, really, really old school roller rink. And we trained like nine to seven for three months. That's yeah. intense stuff. It was so intense. That's why they make you go through this training camp. And then you do two months of rehearsal where you still train in the morning for roller skating, like learning. Like I can roller skate. Like I can spin. I can go down bowls. I mean, not anymore. And I won't because I'm too scared of my body. <laughs> but like it's intense. I mean, we were at, we were literally being trained as as athletes. And then they incorporated all the singing and the dancing and, you know, the scene work and stuff like that. It was crazy. The thing that I found really interesting about your story uh, is that in the grand scheme of things, I kind of like to compare it to a minor league journey. You didn't spend that much time in the minor leagues. You you found success really quickly, especially since you got cast in your first Broadway show when you were all of what, like 22 years 20, old? I was 22. It was right after that Starlight Express tour. I went to New York for about three weeks and uh, I got Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You get immediate work as soon as the tour ends. I mean, <laughs> I does I know, and it doesn't always happen, but I it's all about your like your energy and your state of mind. And I, you know, we use this term hungry. Um, I, I was hungry in the best, most um, honest way, like out of love and passion for Broadway. I was just like, wow, I'm actually doing it. And it was a classic, like I had like three callbacks. I had to read for this featured role. Um and the singing and the dance, it was it was just a dream. And then getting that call was just, it was insane. Because I'm like, I did it. I did it. I moved to New York and I did it. It's nuts. Yeah, it doesn't happen that way for most people. Do you realize how lucky you are? Yeah. Like at that, at, even in that moment? Or are you still like kind of green and, you know, wide-eyed? And, I, I was, I was, but um, I also know that I, 
I worked really, really hard. Like I, 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 I kept taking class. I kept putting myself out there, going to all these auditions and never giving up. Cause this, you know, this business is hard. It's, there's a lot of rejection and it can really, really beat you down. And that's something that I always say to a lot of younger aspiring actresses or dancers. They're like, do you have any advice? And I'm like, you get that thick skin ready. You know what I mean? It's just like you you have to keep believing in yourself. And it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but it really is. If you lose sight of who you are and what you know that you can bring to this art form, then if you lose sight of that, then you're not going to succeed. What do you remember about your Broadway debut? Um, God, now that I'm, I'm getting older, I, I don't want to say not much, but I'm like, gosh, it was four, 14 years ago. Um, it was, it's kind of interesting because your, your Broadway debut, interestingly enough, is your first preview. So it's not like you just like, it's your opening night. It's like, we'd already been in the theater for, gosh, five, over like, I guess six weeks. You know, you do two weeks of tech and then you have a month of previews. So it was pretty surreal being on a Broadway stage. I do remember doing the number Toot Suite where we're like in this candy factory and there was an audience there. And there was a moment in the lights looking at a dark theater that I was like, I did it. Like, I can't believe I'm actually here. And working with amazing people, like working with Raul Esparza and Aaron Dilly, Mark Kudish, Jan Maxwell, like all-star cast. I mean. We have all-stars in baseball, too. Yes, so that's like yes, a, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that lifts everyone else's game yeah. up around them. Oh, I yeah. love that. It's major league, yeah. right? <laughs> How did you take to living in the city, you know, at such a young age? And did you really embrace the lifestyle right from the get-go? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I Loved it so much. I and I immediately I met my well at that time his name's Clyde Alves. He's now my husband, but he was my boyfriend back then. We immediate once we started dating, we immediately moved in with each other. How when you say immediate? How soon is immediate? Like we started dating during summer stock for three weeks, and then I was like, "Uh, I don't have any money, and you don't really have any money, so to save money, you just want to move in together. So literally after four weeks of dating, we just jumped in. We lived together, I mean, in our 20s, we tore this town up like we owned it. We were those, we were those idiots that because my husband was in Wicked. He was the dance captain at Wicked for a long time. And so we would do our Broadway shows. We'd meet up, we'd go out for pizza and a drink, take a cab home. Like it was just there were no cares. Like it, it was incredible. And we would hit every Monday night on our day off. We'd always go to a different section in the village and try out a new restaurant take long, long walks all through the night, go to a late night jazz club at like three in the morning. We just tore it up. And then we had a baby and I was like, get me out of here. (laughs) It's like instantly like Maine came back. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Get me out. I cannot have my baby in the city. It's It's so weird. And now I'm like, um, good. At the end of the night, I'm like, bye, bye, New York. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did take on a lead role when you played Marty in the Grease revival. And mm-hmm. if you're anything like me with a father who had a big Olivia Newton John crush, you were probably watching that a lot as a kid. <laughs> yes. Was that yes. a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I watched that movie quite a few times. At that point, are you kind of like rounding the bases, feeling good about all this hard work that you've put into this? You know, sort of like your first career Grand Slam, which for many players is like the I made it moment in baseball. Take me through the emotions, you know, going through your head at that time, not just being on Broadway, but, you know, being a full-time starter. Yeah, well, I mean, that landing Marty 
in Greece was a was a hu- huge moment. That one is burned in my mind. When I got the call in my apartment, I I remember the lighting, the way it looked in my apartment. I was in the bedroom. I screamed so loud, like bloody murder, that Clyde like ran out of the shower, like because he thought I was hurt. Like so, he's just like standing there. He's like, "What? What? What?" Soaking wet. And I was like, "I got Marty! I got Marty in Greece! Like I'm going to be a principal on Broadway. Like I'm going to sing." my own song by myself on Broadway, which is, it's, I've, I've wanted to do this character for so long um, that that really, really hit me. And that was, was such a special time because there, I think in that show, there were like 14 Broadway debuts. So we were all, I, I mean, this was my, I think my third show, but it was just this very young, vibrant, crazy energy. And I still have best friends from that show to this day. Well, that crazy energy suits your personality well, and that oh, and that's yeah. a, in, in a good a good way. So. Yeah. Well, we got in trouble a lot. We were just <laughs> insane and kind of fooling around all the time. <laughs> but we're, I mean, come on, we're playing high school kids. Yeah, we should be. Absolutely. Yeah, but it was, it was pretty special, and that put me that changed my state of mind. I was like, this is this is where I'm playing now. Like, I'm not going to go back to the ensemble. Like, I want this. This is my – and I've always been one to, like, climb. I don't want to – I don't. I've never seen myself being like, I want to do this and I want to be at the top. Like, it's just not my style. Like, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a goat. Climb up that mountain, you know? <laughs> it's, that, yeah. it's like that hard work thing that I mentioned yeah. earlier. I see that when we watch you perform. And that's, you know, everyone has their own unique style and whatnot. And I think it, it all goes back to your mindset. So that's, yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah. And it, um, it's, it, it, was, it was motivating. It was also, there was pressure because I'm like, okay, well, now I'm a principal on Broadway. I have to keep, I have to keep going, keep rising, keep trying to get the next thing, you know? Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, it's time for the seventh inning stretch. Stay tuned. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Robin, before we graduate from Rydell High, I thought we could hit the batting cage for a few moments. Let's do it. All right. I have some trivia questions for you. And six... <laughs> I'm already nervous now. There's six <laughs> questions. Six questions. Half Broadway, all shows you've been in. Okay. And half are going to be baseball, just to make you feel like you've really earned the prize that's at stake here. Okay. 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 It's a big prize. And if you get four right, it's all yours. How does that sound? It sounds it sounds great. I just got very nervous, <laughs> like un, unusually nervous. Am I going to embarrass myself? If you Probably. do, we could just cut it out. We're not uh, live. Oh God. Okay, here we go. All right. 
Again, all shows you've been in. Ezekiel Young was from Salt Lake City and was served an arsenic drink, as told to us in the cell block tango. Uh, how many wives did he have? Six. One for one. What was the nickname for Alex Rodriguez? He is engaged to J-Lo. I know. Oh, is this like A-Rod? Two for two. I might have to like go to my really fun questions now because you're at a pretty good pace here. Let's go. <laughs> getting, getting amped. All right. <laughs> that, that's not just because of the coffee that you No, I'm like getting really jazzed that I actually got two right. What's popping? What's dropping? And what's fair to the point that you have to be there? Hold on. Say the question again. Okay. What's- so what's popping, what's dropping, and what's fair to the point that you have to be there? Is this a lyric of a show it that I'm is, in? It is. That you, you, are, you sang the song in the show. Is this a Broadway show? Yes, it is. <laughs> nice work if you could... Nice work if you can get it. Oh my god! Oh, uh, is that sweet, sweet and low down? I, is, I I had to be there. And wow! All right. What if I give you the answer and let's see how you feel after I give you the answer? Answer. Okay. Bottles are popping, dignity's dropping, and the women are fair. Yes, I would have known that. Okay, you would have known that. Yeah. Wait. That. But that's when. But what did? Oh yes. If you I was actually, asking, like, what oh specifically gosh. was popping that? I, all right. Oh man, I would have been like, oh, that's I've got to be there. I've got to be there. I wasn't exactly oh. like performing it, you Bottles know, in the tone are of the song. And dignity's dropping it. Wow, I haven't actually sang that in you know eight years. We might have to give you bonus points after that performance, but let's see how you do with the rest <laughs> of these. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Which of the following baseball players did not play for the New York Yankees? Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Araldus Chapman, or David Wright? Who did not play for the Yankees? I'm I'm gonna guess. Well, I know that Babe Ruth, he's in. Mickey Mantle's in. Did David Wright? David Wright? David Wright is right. All right. (laughs) It was a guess, but it was like my gut instinct. Yes. How late did Sandy stay out till during summer nights with Danny Zuko? 10 o'clock. That's correct. You win. Congratulations. What do I get? Sound the alarms. All right. Now, (laughs) I figured as much that you might not be a Yankee fan, you know, having grown up. You know, up north, I figured that I just, you have some time for the Red Sox. If I said that I was a Yankee fan, all of Maine would come after me right now. They would come to Broadway directly and try to, you know, it, it, riot at Moulin Rouge right now? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes, with their pitchforks yeah. and their torches. <laughs> You're making Maine sound like like the setting of, like, Beauty and the Beast or well, something like that. Well, have you seen their fans? Like, the Red Sox fans are... Nuts. They are pretty nuts. They're nuts. That New England. All right. Well, that's why I didn't get you a Johnny Damon shirt. But this is the official Baseball Meets Broadway crossover shirt. We could discuss sizes later, and I have two oh. options for you. But this is uh, yeah, this is our very own special branded break a bat <gasps> shirt. It's just oh. baseball. And then we have a Raldus Chapman uh, on number on front. He plays for the Yankees, but he's kind of like our mascot. You've probably seen oh. that guy who we yeah, put in yeah, all yeah, our yeah. Instagram posts yes. with the translator. Yes. Yeah, that's him. So, Oh, my God. Thank you. You are welcome. I love that it's br- the, the acting faces are breaking the bat. I don't know if Mulan Rouge is going to do like a, like a Broadway show league team, but like if you wear that, I bet you're going to hit a home run every time up. 
Our show is so crazy. I bet our producers are like, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't we will want not be playing softball on Thursday. Oh, we can't. We can't play because it's uh, they're on Thursdays. Oh, wow. You being the and only show that- That's probably why they did it. They're like, put that matinee on the Thursday <laughs> so they can't play softball. <laughs> we got to keep our actors in. <laughs> they want to avoid the temptation that, God forbid, you were to go to be like a ringer at like Beetlejuice or Mean Girls oh or something. Gosh, you don't want right. to play for their team. No. no I also, oh God, I'm, I'm terrible at baseball. Have you have you tried? I before? really have tried. I've tried at the batting cages. I tried to play on Nice Work, the bat, the softball league. Because my husband, he he, you know, he's very um, ed- he's good at sports. Like he grew up doing sports, uh, all kinds, rugby, soccer. He knows how to hit it. He didn't really play baseball, but he knows how to hit a ball. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to kick a ball. I mean, I can. Re- I have strong legs, and I can kick. But man, I something about that that hand-eye coordination with that ball coming at me. There's a lot of strikes, a lot of fouls. <laughs> well, I think that this could change your luck. You I know, mean, this shirt. I hope it does. And I hope so. Either I mean, way, you, you're not playing this season anyway. So you know, uh, yeah, what? Maybe, I know. keep it in the. You know, you could. I, I actually kind of hope you wear the shirt. So I, going, this, I was going to no, say no, keep no. it in the dresser for That's when you what do I'm play. One day. I, <laughs> I, I we have lift call like four times a week, which basically because there's so many lifts in Moulin Rouge, yeah. we um. I have to practice them just to make sure everything's still, you know, because we're being tossed around and lifted up in the air. And I always, um, you know, wear a long sleeve shirt because it's uh, freezing in the theater. And this is going to be, I'm going to wear it today because I have lift call today. Let's go, hey, Robin. All right. That's I'm awesome. That, I'm going to slap that on Instagram. <laughs> I can't, can't ask for a better endorsement than Robin Herter. <laughs> Seriously. This is oh, awesome. Yeah, wait for it. I can't wait. I'm already thinking about my Insta story. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Now, I think in both baseball and Broadway, one thing that's really paramount to any successful performer is their pride and being true to themselves and being true to their heart. That's really what part of what makes them so successful. Take the folks at home, you know, through your mindset at the time when, you know, Greece had ended and you really be- started to become selective about the roles you were taking mm-hmm. and, you, you know, maybe even starting to question, you know, whether or not you wanted to continue doing this. Tell us, tell us a little bit about where your head was at. Well, it, it's kind of a, a long journey. After, after Greece, I left Greece to do um, Cassie on the national tour of a chorus line. Um, my husband was on it as well. He had already been out on the tour for six months and then I joined six months later. Um, that was also the big changer where I was just like, oh, well, now I'm I'm playing the lead of the show, not just like a supporting character. This is this is the star of the show. And this is not the typical dumb blonde. You know what I mean? The 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 Marty type. And I'm I'm thinking like, okay, this is these are the kinds of roles that I have to do now, the more mature uh roles. And when I got off that tour, I was very confused as to who, who I was or what I was going in for, for auditions. Um, and I didn't want to be in the ensemble anymore. I didn't really necessarily want to dance because I was pretty burnt out because Cassie's a huge dance role. And so when I was going in for these auditions, I, you know, there's a thing where they, the people behind the table, they can smell your desperation. They can smell it. They, they can see your energy. And I went into every audition. I was just getting cut not a, not a callback, like, you know, thank you very much for coming in. And that was it. And this happened for about two and a half years. I didn't, I didn't work at all. And it was because I lost sight. I didn't know what I, who I was or what I wanted or what do I want to be in this business. And then nice work came along and I do nice work and it was really, really great. 
and it was but then after a while I I it was I keep saying the word like burnt out but I just I just felt like everything was just so not selfish but just kind of I found myself being a little self-absorbed and I was like I was 31 and I'm like I I think this is what's called my biological clock is ticking and I think I want to do the most selfless thing I can right now and I think it's time to have to have a baby and I thought it was a good age to 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 take a break not you know I, I didn't want to push it so far in and I always wanted a chance to get back to see if I wanted but I really needed to test myself to be like is this really what you want because it doesn't I wasn't that happy leaving the show we had a good time but I just something was switching in me and I think that was my body calling for you like you're meant to be a mother you've always been maternal you've always wanted to take care of people you take care of your friends and uh I think that's that's what happened was it's just it was this way of just being like take a minute see if you really really want to do this and I had a baby and I went a little nuts that's it's way harder than um people think it is <laughs> also because we have this identity I'm like I go out I party I I go on stage I'm the let you know it, everything's this is what my life is and then all of a sudden it's ripped away and it's not like we can go on a cute three-month maternity leave and then just, like, go back to work. I mean, I was fat. <laughs> you know, and when you're, you you do roles like me that, you know, we don't – I don't necessarily wear a lot of clothing with my roles. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be, like, a, a thing happening. Um, I ha You have to look a certain way. And I, I just – with the hormones and everything, I mean, I didn't go back to work for two years. And then I got – the show Kiss Me Kate in DC and I got to play Lois Lane which was one of my favorite favorite roles and I was like I I need to do this this is part this is part of me it was my 34th birthday and I got this this little heart tattoo oh, wow. um now what is that uh what does it that symbolize? Well, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't totally sober when I got it. <laughs> um, but it was just love because I felt on my birthday, I felt so empowered. I was like, I just had a baby. I lost some weight and I'm doing my one of my dream roles at an amazing theater, Shakespeare Theater Company. And I'm with my husband. I was playing opposite him. He was playing, I was Lois Lane. He was Bill Calhoun. And I'm like, I did it. Like I, you know what I mean. Like I'm like this is the, this is the the top of of my career. Like I'm, you know what I mean. And I just felt a lot of love on my 34th birthday. I was like, yes, man, heart. Always remember love, strongest strongest force. That is so badass. Power. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. And you have another one there. Is that yeah, is I'm, that from the same birthday? Nope, that's from uh, a couple summers ago. Again. Not totally sober. <laughs> I have this habit of just being like, let's go get a tattoo. You are the life of the party. I Holy really am. Cow. I mean, at 36, I guess I got that. I was like, yep. But this was to remind myself that, you know, your goals are, everyone's like, is that for your family? Like, and I'm like, nope, that's for me. To remind myself <laughs> that don't let anybody dull your sparkle, that you are a superstar and you will achieve what you want to achieve. So each of them have their own meaning. That's sick. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like threes, but it, the meaning is literally like, I don't take your eyes off the prize. You want to be a star. And you are a star now in Moulin Rouge. Well, I'm, I'm trying. 
Now, did you like that movie a lot yeah. back in the day? Was yeah, that- I was one of the like rabid fans. Like, <laughs> rabid fans. Rabid, like foaming at the mouth, sobbing, crying, opening weekend at the theater. I was there. Were you showing up there in costume? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was one of those things where I watched that movie at least three times a year. Now, it was a long process for that to actually make its way onto mm-hmm. Broadway. And you had quite quite the auditioning process, it, process to make it happen. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's been the yeah ten years they've been talking about this whole oh, show. That's honestly incredible. And you know, once you got the call that it was actually coming to Broadway, and you nailed the role of Nini, I think that you know you mentioned your thirty fourth birthday earlier. You know, kind of being like that rock star moment when they take on you know an iconic movie in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's often hit or miss. Absolutely. And we've seen we've seen it before. Um, do you feel a responsibility, you know, having been such a fan of that movie, you know, to really to perform well? Yeah, I mean, e- yes. It it's interesting because I don't even compare I don't even look at them the same way. I think the movie it's is its own thing and the show it's like apples and oranges to me. Because I think what makes a putting a movie musical as a musical is you can't take the movie you can't take it from the screen and just slap it on stage. It's not going to work because then you're just doing a blatant comparison. It's like if you yeah. play a VHS tape too much, uh, eventually it starts to wear out and it's you can't use it anymore. Yeah, but it, but it's also like those people in the audience are like, okay, you're going to do exactly what the movie is. The movie was better. Or, yeah. you know, so I think that they did an amazing job paying homage to the the moments that everybody wants that they, they, they give it to you yeah. they give you what you want they give you the you know spectacular spectacular they give you your come what may they give you your Roxanne but there's the, but they've changed it up enough so you can't really compare the two which is good and I think that's why it's successful now you've been in some hits before this one's a real powerhouse however uh, have every reason to believe that it very well could win a Tony award and I know that as a performer, you're often thinking team first, um, but from an individual standpoint with individual accolades, a lot of people are talking about you potentially winning a Tony this year. <laughs> Is that something that crosses your mind right now? I mean, it's I I I I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty humble. I I want to do hard work. I think, of course, we want to root for our show. Um, we don't want to just go around and be like, oh, we, we're the hottest ticket in town. Um, and the Tonys are very, very far, far away. Um, so far away. <laughs> uh, personally, I'm not betting on the Michael Jackson show. So no, I've yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, listen, my ultimate goal, the ultimate, like I talk about climbing a mountain, the summit is the Tony for me. And I want to win it. I'd like to be, I'd like to be nominated. I'd like to win it. Do I think that this is the show that's going to give it to me? I, who knows? Am I expecting it? Absolutely not. I still have dreams. When I see that 11-11 on the clock, I will always wish for it. I love that. <laughs> I, um, it's, it's a goal and I can see it and I can feel it and I can see myself up on stage and what gown I'm wearing and I, I see it all, but is it with this one? I don't know. I'm not, I don't do it every night being like, I want to get a Tony nomination. I just want to tell the story properly and give people a good time. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> you know, some Milan Rouge and just like, I'm going to give you a good time. But I do, you know. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Now, I, last thing about Moulin Rouge, you know, you talk about wanting, you know, to earn an award like that. You do some pretty crazy stuff in the show. What's the most challenging thing that you actually have to do when you're up there performing? Uh, well, there's this little number called Roxanne um, that obviously there's a lot of anticipation because that's one of the highlights in the movie. That scene is is the best um, when I saw it, when I first saw it, when I was 19, I was shaking. I was like, I need to be this woman on Broadway. And I'm so proud of myself that I, I did it. Um, but I, th- the way that they've done this Roxanne, it's very dark. Like the stage is very dark, but there's these huge flashes of white light and it really adds a lot of elements to the, to the dance. And I just have, I have these four guys and they are just there's this thing called we call it matches where I'm basically doing like a plank and a in a che- like a chest press and I have the two boys holding my hands and my toes are on the ground behind me like I'm in this plank and they literally it's like they're plowing a field but it's my body and I'm going the opposite way so my toes are sliding across being plowed across the stage and there's it caused so much it causes so much friction that it actually gets hot like I have to put a cap I had them to uh, put a cap on my shoe because one day in rehearsal I was like feel my toe like I had to stop because it was burning so that's why the move's called matches and that's probably the most challenging that whole section where the four guys are literally just flipping me around and I can't really see because it's either pitch black or there's a flash of white light in my eye So that's the most challenging part of the show. And it comes at the very end of the show for me. So once Roxanne's off or done and I get dragged off by my partner, Ricky Rojas, um, I just rip off my choker and I'm like, done. (laughs) (laughs) Done. (laughs) That's like, that's slamming your bat against the rack at the end of the game. It literally is. Just letting it all out. No, it kind of is. It's like that Roxanne is like stepping up, stepping up to the plate and you're just like, just and I always say a prayer. I'm always I, I say keep me safe, make me a star. I always say it. I can't believe I just said that out loud. I never I never tell anybody that. I always say make me safe or keep me safe, make me a star. And then it's like the garret flies out, and then the stark light is on my face. And it's kind of like that moment where you're just stepping up to the plate, and you're just like, just let me let me hit a home run. And then you do when you have a, like when I have a good run at the you know for one show, and then I'm just like, yes, I did it. You're just, a, I just I just ran. What's it called when you run? When you um, round the bases. Round the bases. Yeah, <laughs> you're a, you are a warrior, and <laughs> as tough as you are, um, we're gonna take one last short break, and we come back. It is time for fastball derby. Oh my God. Stay tuned. I'm so excited. Robin, you do some incredible things on stage every night. You've had an awesome career, but now it's about to get tough. Okay. It's time for Fastball Derby. Bottom of the ninth, you're at the plate trying to bring home the winning run, and Araldus Chapman's on the mound throwing 105. I ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to your head. Do you think you can handle it? Oh, God. I think so. <laughs> I'm so nervous again. Okay, go. All right. Favorite New York City meal? Becco. Uh, oh, Sorry. <laughs> Pasta, the unlimited pastas at Becco restaurant on Restaurant Row. Wow, that took a lot. <laughs> Are you more of like a red sauce or like a pesto type? I'm an type all girl. sauce. I I love I love a I love a marinara. I love a a, a, a truffle butter. I, I love all of it. Go to pre-show ritual. Uh, 
I put on my pop music and dance around while I brush my teeth. By yourself? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll 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 pump you up. Yeah, I do. Just like <laughs> blare like pop music and just dance around and brush my teeth. Someone who is in the audience that you were most nervous or intimidated to perform in front of? I think I will be most nervous when Caroline O'Connor comes to the show. She hasn't seen it yet. She plays Nene in the movie. Is she is she scheduled to come soon? No. Okay. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I, I hope people won't tell me that she's in the audience because it will. I don't get starstruck or uh, nervous about people because I've been doing the show for so long. But that's the one that – because I have such respect for her that that's the one that's going to make me nervous. Even though the, the I think the roles are so different from movie to musical, um, it's still she's, – she's the reason, man. Biggest pet peeve? Chewing with your mouth open. I yell at my son all the time. Close <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> mouth noises. Can't stand them. Okay. Most embarrassing onstage moment. Oh, gosh. Well, I was in the musical Spamalot as the orange ensemble girl. And there's this moment in Camelot where it's just we have these, like, stretchy bras, and they have one hook in the center of our chest. And what did I do but cross my arms? And I unhooked the bra, and that bra went flying. And I just grabbed it around, crossed my arms, did a Chenet turn, and ran off stage. This I is was like, whoa, <laughs> that 2,000 people just saw that. <laughs> that was literally, I was like face numb, like that just happened. <laughs> and then they like <laughs> bolted me in after that. <laughs> Favorite late night snack? Two show day, you get home, it's after midnight. What's Robin grabbing before she hits the couch? Oh my gosh, buffalo chicken wings, and I can put them down. So wait, you have access to buffalo chicken wings at midnight? Do you make them yourself? You have I, like a I make pie? I make them myself, and and it's a really good recipe. Like I'm a big cook. Like I love cooking, um, but I have I'm I'm kind of lying. Like it's not like something that's like on hand usually, but it's like if I want something after the show, it's usually buffalo wings or chicken nachos or hamburger or buffalo chicken tenders. I I, I eat like a piglet. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say some like vegan. That's do like you, a thing now. M- one of my best friends in the show, Max Clayton, we had to do this thing like how well do you know your best friend at a late night show. And they asked each other, what, it, what is their pet peeve? And Max wrote down vegans. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I still have the piece of paper that he wrote it on. <laughs> I just, I laughed so hard. It was mouth noises. But um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm a piglet. I love really good bar food. Proudest moment of your career? Um, I had the opportunity of revisiting Cassie. Um, at uh, last year at New York City Center, it was the part of their 75th um, anniversary gala. Chorus Line was the show, and they asked me to do Cassie again. And it was the final performance, and I finished the number, and the theater stood up. And it still like chokes me up now because I'm like, wow, that's a major. That's like the epitome of a of a I don't like to say the word triple threat a, a person who can sing dance and act and be a female in the business you can't get above Cassie she has to do it all and it's such a challenge to execute it really well in that last performance and I didn't even realize until afterwards Tony Asbeck came up to me he's like hey standing O and I was like what <laughs> and he goes 
I knew that they were clapping. Like I stayed in that position for a really long time. And I just held it because Bayork, you know, who trains me, she said, you, you, you stand up when the, the, uh, the clapping starts to die down. And I just stayed there. And I didn't realize everybody was standing up. Because then when you, when you get up, you've just danced for 12 minutes and you, I can't see anything. I'm literally like <laughs> just trying. I can't see anything. I'm all blurry. But they were all standing. And that was just such a way to, to go out like a role that's like, that's the epitome of if you can sing, dance, and act, you can't get higher than that. And I did it in New York City at the right age, and people saw it, and they appreciated it. It was pretty amazing. It's prime real estate, yeah. It, yes, <laughs> correct. And lastly, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you, and what was it? Uh, funny enough, um, it, it was Kelly O'Hara. I did nice work with her. Um, and it's when I was confused and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do because I didn't know how I was feeling. And I was talking to her about having a baby because she was trying for another one. I mean, at, when she said this, she was pregnant and she didn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was talking to her a lot about it. And she goes, Robin, there's never going to be an, a right time. You're never going to have enough money. And there's always going to be a job that you could miss out on. So just do it. And I did it. And it's the best decision I ever made because I have this beautiful baby boy now. And 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 I did it and I came back and I'm at I'm this is the top. It's not like I've gone backwards in my career. I'm just I I'm I'm I get to do Nini and Moulin Rouge on Broadway. And I have this six-year-old child now. It's pretty it's it's I'm pretty proud of myself, <laughs> to be honest, because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. We all know uh, you know how great of a career you had and can't thank you enough for coming in to give us more insight about it. It's just been awesome. It's so oh, cool it was... to hear the stories behind the art. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Anytime, Robin. I wish I knew more about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's all right. You, hey, you won fastball derby in like all of five questions. You go yeah. four for five like that. That's like, all right. you get four hits in a baseball game and within five at bats. That's, that's like you're you're on Sports Center that night. Yeah, all right. I will say that my favorite sport, like I love going to baseball games. Yeah. And whenever we were on tour, that was one thing that we always tried to do. Like go to a baseball go game. Go to a baseball game if it was warm. Let's I love do like it. a Broadway takeover on like a Monday night Yankee game next year oh, or something like that. Fun. We get like we get let's do that. Oh my god. We gosh. could like take over like the whole left field or right field section oh, of the Yankee Stadium. That would be Stadium. so fun. Why don't we put me and you will put that together? Yeah. All I right. Like I think we'll get some pretty good guests if you, if you're kind of oh, co-captaining so that down. with me. And I've, ugh, I, you're gonna, I've never seen a Yankees game. <gasps> <laughs> no, I know, <sighs> I know, wow. I know. What a note to end I, on. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'll get there. That's it. Well, the, the, now now we have reason to. Now exactly. you know that we're, you know we're breaking stigmas here. And we can. This is a, this can be a moment. We'll we'll just do. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah. Let's, let's we have a few work. months, but we, yeah, we can make it happen. Let's do it. Down. Awesome. You've been great, Robin. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> That'll close out the ball game here on Break a Bat. I'm Al Malafrante signing off from the Broadway Podcast Network Studios. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast 
And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.